You are listening to Social Media Decoded, a podcast dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business owners simplify social media and thrive online. We provide actionable information that you can use and see results. I'm your host, Michelle Thames, and let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Social Media Decoded podcast, the number one podcast to help you understand social media better so that you grow your business, get more clients, and monetize. And today, I'm excited because I always get this excited when I have guests because you know I bring on the best experts to help us understand social media and digital marketing better. And today, we're speaking with my good friend, Kiva, and she's going to tell us all about how she has helped a seven-figure business owner know what marketing channels were the most profitable. And we're talking about analytics because you want to make analytical-based decisions. And so I'm so excited to chat today. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, Michelle. I'm good. And I'm so excited to be here and just chit-chat with your audience and share because there is power in the data. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. (laughs) And I'm so glad that you said that, that it's powering the data because it is. So tell us a little bit about yourself and about the 516 Collaborative. This is so exciting. want to know, how did you get started? Yeah, I actually got started in probably a non-traditional way than many people. I spent um, probably about 18 years as a stay-at-home mom, homeschooling my kiddos after I left Capitol Hill and high-powered politics in D.C. And so I really decided, like, I knew what I didn't want to do. And I think sometimes that's the hard part. We're like, oh, so many options that are out there. But I could clearly tell you what I did not want to do, which was I was not going back to D.C. I was not going back to politics. So we put a big old X on that one. So it was like starting to think about what did I want to do? Um, I had a jewelry business on Etsy for 10 years. I've always been crafty and creative, but I was just like, I also have that other side of me that was looking to have something to do as well, the more brainy, nerdy side, I like to call it. And so I really just started thinking, like, what do I want to do? People were like, you know, you could be a VA. And if you know anything about DC, like we got acronyms for days. I was like, who wants to be the Veterans Administration? I don't understand what that means. And I was like, all these different terms and things of that sort. But basically, it was a girlfriend of mine. She was like, girl, take your skills online work from home, still be able to do the things that you're doing. Because at that time, my kids were still doing dual enrollment classes and really just started my business, the 516 Collaborative, because I really believe in collaboration. I really feel that when it comes to business and things that we do, that there's enough pie, cake, brownies, whatever you want to fill in the, you know, the blank with for everyone. And everyone is not your perfect client. And that might mean they're perfect client for a friend of yours. So I knew it had to have the word collaboration or collaborative in it and really just decided to toss my my hat in the ring and switch from being a product-based business and turn into a service-based business to really just utilize those other skills that I had that honestly I had put on hold for a little while as I was a mama. <laughs> yes, and I love your story because there's so many people listening. Maybe you aren't you are in a pivot. I mean, I pivoted. I was fired from my job and I did something else, utilizing my skills and abilities. And that's what I always tell people. You can make money as a coach, creative, consultant, podcaster, YouTuber, influencer, whatever it is, and use your skills. And that's exactly what you did. I, I love your story. I think that that is so awesome because there's so many people that may be in maybe 
a time right now they don't know, you know, what they want to do. And maybe they do have some skills. Maybe they can become a VA or a bookkeeper, anything. There's so many jobs and things that you can create right on the internet street. So I'm so excited yeah. that and we are chatting. And- yeah, so sorry. But no, I think it's also important, especially for women. Um, like, don't think that you have to start it, not necessarily the bottom, but don't discount, as you said, what skills you already have. You are doing just that. You are pivoting. You can go ahead and insert yourself into wherever it is that's the lateral move, heck, the move that's the next one up the ladder for you. And I think that sometimes when women are leaving corporate or they're leaving these previous positions, they're like, okay, well, I've never worked online, so let me just go and start here. And I'm going to you know, be here. You were a manager. You were a director. You have a master's degree. Like whatever it is, like do not discount what you know. Do not discount the skills that you possess and how transferable those skills are. And it's really important to, I think, just always, I always seek to remind women of that because I hear it and they're saying it and they're like, I can't do this or I can't do that. And I'm like, but you were already doing that and getting paid for it. So um, it's just now doing it in a different way or in a different venue arena than what you were doing it in before. So absolutely. No, I love that. I love that. And I want to I want to talk about data because the data and the numbers don't lie. So you are committed to helping businesses use data and analytics for data driven decision making. I think that's so important. So how can business owners uncover the truth about their numbers and like really use that to feel confident and making decisions in their business? And even when it comes to social media and marketing, this all goes together. I think that the numbers just don't lie. So what are some of your um, tips? Yeah, the numbers definitely don't lie. And I think that's one of the big parts about it is that the numbers are the numbers. We can't go changing them. We can't go tweaking them to make them fit our narrative. They usually tell a story. It may not be the story we want to hear, but it's the story we need to hear. And I think that's what becomes really important for business owners is taking the time to bring data in that to your decision-making table as to how you're going to run your business. We want to have, you know, accountants and bookkeepers and all of the other parts of our business together. But, and oftentimes we're looking past the data. Big businesses use business intelligence all the time. As small business owners, we want to have that same impact. We want to have that same longevity of our businesses and defy these, you know, statistics that within the first five years, over 70% of us are going to fail. No, we're not because we're going to start harnessing the power of that data. And what that really looks like, it depends obviously on the business and the size of the business, but we can start with basics. We start with understanding like we're tracking our profits. We're tracking, you know, what kind of revenue we have coming into the business. We're also tracking our expenses. Um, Recently, Spotify laid off people and they talked about, well, our operating expenses were beginning to be too high and we knew we couldn't sustain that. Well, if Spotify is looking at their operating expenses, we should also look at our operating expenses. What does that look like within each of our businesses? And then also that ties into, like you said, marketing. We cannot sit there and be um, everywhere. (laughs) For some of us, our clients might be on LinkedIn. For some of us, our clients might be Instagram, Facebook. 
If you're not tracking your marketing, your web analytics, you don't know where these people are coming from in order to then redirect your efforts, your energy, your time, your money as to what platform you need to show up on. So if your clients are coming from LinkedIn, your Google Analytics is telling you, hey, those people who come from LinkedIn, they stay on your website for 10 minutes. Those people who come from Facebook, they stay on there for 20 seconds. And where are you? You're on Facebook every single day, talking, talking, talking. It's like, "Mm, maybe I should spend more time talking over here on LinkedIn. And it seems like a small thing, but honestly, energy is limited. I don't know who has more than 24 hours in the day because I don't. I'm looking for some additional time some days. (laughs) But if I have this limited amount of time, And I want to maximize that amount of time and make a much more data-informed decision for myself and my business, I'm going to take that information and spend my time on LinkedIn because that's showing me that those people from LinkedIn, they're coming to my site. They're consuming my data. They are staying there. They're going from this page to that page and we can track their path. And I'm like, oh, and when I put out an offer, they're actually buying that offer. And you can actually track that as well. And so those are the things that we can utilize as small business owners. And it's obviously just a fraction of the data that we can take in to really start making better decisions as to how we, again, spend our time, how we spend our money, and where we're directing our efforts. I hope everyone was taking notes because you just dropped some gems. You just drop the gems. And yes, we don't have to be everywhere. You should be looking at the numbers. I talk about this all the time. Even when I talk about the stand store that I know people have always, I've talked about this over and over. They show you where the people are coming from. So I know where, whatever link I place, if I put it on Facebook, it's going to tell me 17 people click from Facebook. And so I'm like, oh, well, it works, right? Because 17 people click from Facebook, but it can drill down to that much. And if you are a content creator, influencer, you have a digital product, a course, a service, you have to know the numbers and the where the traffic is coming from so that like you said, you redirect to where you want them to go. But if you're not measuring that, you can't really see the success or if you're really making money. So, I know we all want to create online businesses and do all these things, but the the data and the analytics are really what we need to to look at. So, that was a superb, some superb tips that I hope everyone was taking notes because I know that I was like, yes, yes, and yes. So now I want to talk about seven-figure businesses because some some of us, we might, we're at that point, we're like, look, I've done multiple six figures, seven figures that like seem scary, but not necessarily if you know like the strategy and the analytics and data behind that. So I know that you help seven-figure business owners and help them decide like what's the best route to take? What's the best marketing channel that's most profitable for them? So how how do we make those decisions? Yeah. And it really comes down to the data. Um, I can think back to one particular client. She spent a lot of time on Instagram. She had a very engaged following on Instagram, verified account, all the things. And what was always interesting to us is that when we would put out an offer, we would get a lot of traffic from Instagram. So people would come to the landing page. But what we did was we set up literally how many people were coming from that landing page and actually going to the checkout page. And then from who went to the checkout page to actually get to the confirmation page and had paid their money. And what we found was interesting that 
even though Instagram drove a lot of traffic and her email webs, her email list did not drive as much traffic. However, her email list had a higher conversion rate. So it was like, oh, we're spending all this time talking about it here. But what we started to do was we tweaked it. We started sharing more things with it email list. We started sharing some more behind the stories with the email list. Because again, these are people who said they signed up. They were like, I want what you have. Come into my inbox, my prized real estate, and talk to me. And once we did that, that not only increased her conversion rate, but we even took it a step further. And we started looking at her email list and saying, we we did a deep dive. We tracked like when people joined the list, what opt-in did they come in on, and then how long was it before they actually made a purchase? So that we could have a better understanding of what was this, what was the timeline for her sales cycle. And that is important because if you have, it takes, let's say, three months for someone to purchase from the time that they join your email list, then that helps you be a lot more realistic when you're like, oh. I had this event and I had 100 people join my my mailing list. It's going to possibly take about three months before they make a purchase. Instead of setting yourself up for, I had 100 people join and it's been two days and they've not bought a thing. It's like, okay, that's not realistic. Now you understand a better understanding of what, how long it is for your sales cycle for your business. And that information actually helped the team as we also... Um, we surveyed the people on the list because it was a lot of financial information. Did you want more savings information? Did you want more budgeting information? Did you want more stocks and investment? That helped us be able to segment her email list to know that, hey, those people looking for stocks and investment, they were at a much more solid footing financially than someone who was looking for budgeting 101. So if we have a higher ticket offer, we sent it to those people and not to the people who were not necessarily in a place in which to make that investment. And that really is a zero party data, they like to call it, because you're surveying your list to actually get from them directly. What, what do they want? How do they want it? And how often do they want it? So we took all of those factors together and literally any single offer that we had after that, we made sure that we had primed and nurtured the email list. In addition to the social, she didn't give up Instagram. Let's be honest, it drives traffic. But we also decided to really put more of an effort into that email list because we knew from her analytics that that's where the buyers were coming from. Those were the people who were going through that sales funnel and actually completing purchases. And really, again, it's just using that information so that you're informed and you can harness it in order to make the tweaks that you need to make to, let's be honest, add some zeros to those bottom lines that we're always trying to do. We're making sales. That's the, that's the oxygen of our businesses. So Yes. Again, amazing gems because the numbers do not lie. And yes, you have to know the sales cycle and the customer experience, all of that. It all matters. So I know there's a lot of moving pieces, but we're all going to take a deep breath and we're going to look at our numbers and analytics to help us make decisions so that we're seven figure, eight figure businesses, right? Running online businesses from the comfort of your own home. I mean- Right, you want to be from we're you can't you all can't see us right now, but I'm we're both at home on this podcast, so you can run your business from your home. Yes, it's possible. We talk about it here every single day, and I want to encourage you if you're listening today, you can do this. 
You just have to take the first step, create the business, think about the numbers, and really move forward and just do it. So, and if you love this episode, make sure that you tag me on Instagram at Michelle L. Thames and let me know what you thought about this episode. What do you think about the analytics and the numbers and the data? We would love to hear from you. So I always love to ask my guests about books because I love to read and I think that books are a very, very integral piece of just being an entrepreneur and a business owner. I'm learning every single day. I have like nine credits in my Audible right now with like three books unfinished, but I'm going to finish the books. I'm going to finish them because, you know, you listen as you're working out. So, you know, and I'm back to working out. So that's good. But were there any books or resources that helped shape the incredible businesswoman and entrepreneur that you are today? Any books that you want to share with us that we should definitely have in our bookshelves? Oh, that's a good one. Because let me tell you, I am like you. I'm an avid reader. I am naturally curious. I was Harriet the Spy underneath the bed sheet with the flashlight when as a kid. So um, I think Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck is just must reading for anybody. Um, whether you want to have a business, don't want to have a business, just even in your role as a human being. Uh, being able to understand and catch the triggers that your mind is going to tell you certain things and might feel like is limiting you. Um, I think that's an important one. I think another one is Systemology by David Jenis. Uh, when people are building businesses, I you know, focus a lot also on operations and data informs those operations. And I think that people need to understand what it looks like to have systems in your business. It's not complicated. But when it comes time to scale, you want seven figures, eight figures, you need things that are repeatable and on autopilot almost at that point. I think in addition to that, the Colby and Strength Finders, because going into business for yourself, you will learn aspects of yourself that you did not know about. And the more that you can learn about you and how you are naturally inclined to action, how you are, the things that motivate you, the things that drain you, those will set you up to be a better leader, a better business owner, because you're taking the time to learn about you and the good parts of you, as well as the parts of you that you didn't know existed until you became a business owner and stress hit levels that you did not know of. So I think that those would be some of the top resources. Um, but like you, my Audible account is crazy. I actually paused it for a few months because I was like, they were like, you're not utilizing your credits. And I was like, I'm sorry, Audible. So I had to pause it for a few months just to get myself together. Um and I will add one more book, and it was just a recent one called Stolen Focus. And it just, I feel like there's so many, um, my kids who are 19 and 20, and they're like, mom, I think I have ADHD. And I'm like, baby, I didn't notice that before in life. But if you want to go get tested, but I feel like that's something that a lot of us are feeling like we can, they say we have the attention of goldfish. But that book really talks about, it's not us. <laughs> a lot of what we consume has made us this way, whether it's social media or other things, but really taking steps to get your focus back. And it's a really interesting read, but it also goes into nutrition and diet 
and just a lot of different changes that have happened in our society that has impacted us um, in our brains. So if you you know, want to get cerebral one day, that's a good one to uh, listen to. But Stolen Focus is it's a really good one that just came out. So that's my books and resources. <laughs> yes, yes. And Audible's like, girl, if you don't listen to these books, I'm going to listen. I'm, I'm currently reading The One Thing. So it's a really good. I'm almost done with that. And then I'm going to read Who, What, How, I think it is. Because yeah, I read The Gap in the Game. Read. So I'm so excited. So I have to get through the one thing first, and then I'm going to go to the who, what, how, because I know that it's so good. And I'm like so excited to read it. Okay. So I'm going to finish it this week. I'm going to finish it this week. <laughs> it's so great. I love books. You all, I know, I, I know you've gotten so many good book recommendations on this podcast. Can you please DM me, tag me in your Instagram stories and let us know if you're reading these books. I really would love to know. Like, I know that you all are going out and like, I know that the guests have given some really, really great reads. So let us know if you check them out and what you thought about them. So this has been such a great episode. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all the amazing gems about the data, the numbers, how we can make better data-driven decisions in our business that gets us the dollars in our bank accounts. So I appreciate you. So if you could let us know, where can we find you online? And if you have anything coming up that the listeners can take advantage of. Yeah, no, it's been great to be here. I'm so glad to connect with you and share with your audience. Uh, you can find me at my website, the516collaborative.com. I hang out a lot on LinkedIn. Um, it's not as boring as it used to be, so come join us over there. <laughs> Especially content creators. They're looking for people like you. Um, I also have a presence on um, Facebook, Instagram. You can even find me on Pinterest. I just won't respond. <laughs> but primarily my website is the best way to find me or LinkedIn. Yes. And we'll make sure that we put all that down in the show notes so you can connect with her. And yes, thank you so much for all the amazing gems and everything, the data-driven decisions. I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Michelle. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Social Media Decoded Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope that you got some gems. If you got some gems, make sure to tag me on Instagram at Michelle L. Thames and share those gems with me. I cannot wait to talk to you all in the next one.